The In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. podcast. Please like the podcast, podcast. and subscribe podcast. to this channel. Podcast. Thank you. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from Amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. The very best way to promote your podcasts. Podpage makes it easy to create a podcast website with just a few clicks. Every page is optimized to be found on Google and it stays up to date forever. For more information visit podpage.com. The future of podcast promotion. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode received a prison sentence of 150 years, but now he's a free man. American John Estee. Hi John, welcome to my podcast series. Hello, how you doing? Glad to be here. Great to have you here. So, where do you live at the moment? Living in um, Avondale, Louisiana. Yes sir, West Bank of New Orleans. And did you grow up there? Yes, from nine years old on, because I lived, grew up in New Orleans in Seven Ward. Well, I understand you served in the Army. How long did you serve for? Well, I was a National Guard, actually. So um, I went to war, so I'm a war veteran. Um, that was in 1990-91. That was in Saudi Arabia, Dahran. I entered to, I got into the National Guard right after high school in 1987, after I graduated, to offset costs to go to college where I went on uh, Nicholas State University. Well, during the year 2000, you were sentenced to 150 years in prison. So what happened? I'm a non-violent drug offender. That's what my charges is dealing with. During the court, they asked me, um, they tried to get me a out to a deal. So I refused that because the offer they was giving me, I had to testify on co-defendants, which I had 22 of them. So they got to the point where they went up to 20 years while testifying. By that time, I was aggravated. So at the time, anytime they came with it, I wouldn't take it. I had my walls up. So I was tired. I already made my mind up. Let's go to trial. And that was my final answer. So my my, my lawyer at the time was a court-appointed attorney. He told me, he said, Esteem, if you go to trial, they're going to give you 150 years. So I look at 20 years. At that time, no different. So I'm doing 20 years. What's the difference between 20 and 150? My life is pretty much over with anyway. That's how I looked at it. At the time, I was young, you know, so I went with that. And I told him to strap up your boots. That's what we're going to trial. I have a better chance to give it. If I give it, I have a better chance of giving it back by going to trial. Then if I accept the charges, then I can't give anything back. I had to do that time. So that was my state of mind at the time. So how old were you when you went to trial? Uh, about 32 years old. I went in 1998. I'm well into my 30s. So how did you feel when you received your sentence? Well, of course, my world was crushed. My thoughts were like, where I go from here? I have a 150-year sentence. I know I can't live that long. I'm not Medusa. So 
my mom was um she was pretty much instrumental in that situation because as she was leaving the courtroom after I'd been sentenced, she, she whispered to me, she said, son, your fight have just begun. So that kind of gave me a little spark right there. I had support. So what were your interests and activities while you were in prison? I got into sports. I love sports. So I got into basketball, football and boxing. That's the main things I did to pass my time in prison. I understand you also studied while in prison. What qualifications did you obtain? Well, I went to Bible college, so I went the four-year uh, degree. I got my bachelor's um, in arts degree in Christian ministry. Also, I went to horticulture school, and I got certified as a horticulturist. As right now, that's what I do with my nonprofit organization is I do lawn service right now for senior citizens, disabled vets, and single-parent homes. Hmm. Of no charge, of course. <laughs> Well, in March 2018, a judge resentenced you to 100 years. So how did that happen and what was that process? Well, I fought through the court system for years. You know, I've seen people come to prison on murder charges and charges of that nature, getting 40 years, going home in 20 years. And I'm sitting in prison on a nonviolent drug charge with 150 years. So I just that, that was the fuel to keep me fighting for my freedom. So I know it's possible. If I'm a nonviolent offender in prison with that much time, I have hope when they have people with harshest sentencing, the harshest charges going home. So as I go through the court system, uh, laws changed and it, my, and it benefited me to a certain extent. What I mean by that is that it has stipulations to the laws. So for me to gain the, the privilege of that law, I had to be a third or fourth offender or more with a life sentence. And I, at the time, was a second offender. What numbers? So that kicked me out the stipulations for the, the um, reap the benefits of that law. So I had to find other ways. <laughs> well, the following year, 2019, you won parole after a legal battle in a Supreme Court decision. Who did you work with to obtain your freedom? I didn't have the finances to uh, get a lawyer or anything. So I had to really study myself and understand my case. And there were inmate counsels there that I would, I would consult with. They would lead me in the right direction. I had one in particular that stuck with me, that believed in me, and we fought it all the way to the end, all the way through the um, Louisiana Supreme Court. But um, we did go to the Louisiana Supreme Court the first time got denied. So I had to go through the whole thing process again, okay? So I had to start my judicial branch where I got sentenced at, go to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. They denied me, and I went back to the Louisiana Supreme Court, this time using language that they had put in my denial prior time and I got a uh, I got granted a hearing. So why is your case considered a Supreme Court landmark decision? Why your case in particular? The reason why it's a landmark is because it was over it overturned previous state precedent that subjected nonviolent offenders to 60 years per offense. And since the opinion was rendered about three years ago, these offenders have been able to cut their sentence in half. And at least 50 nonviolent offenders have been released as a result of that. So how long did you actually serve? 20 years and seven months. And how did it feel to be a free man? Unexplainable. (laughs) (laughs) I say that because fighting so long to gain my freedom and been denied every time for years, 10, 15 years in courts, being denied behind denial. And it's starting to feel that you start to lose a little hope and that freedom starting to kind of disappear. And, um, so when it came to the point where I, 
my hope coming back and I start seeing some daylight through the court system when they granted my my hearing. It was like, wow, it's still not over yet. And when it actually was over, all said and done, and I was going back to court to get resentenced, I was hoping to get all my full counts ran together and get one 20 year sentence and go home scot-free with no parole eligibility or nothing. But that was further from the truth. So uh, the judge, she saw it different. She kept my time consecutive. She gave me a max on all four of my counts, which only took away 50 years of my original sentence. We left me with 100. So they sent me back to penitentiary with 100 years and me scratching my head. <laughs> so what was the first thing that you did after your release? I went to McDonald's. <laughs> I love the French fries. <laughs> I had a happy meal. There you go. I had a few apple pies, French fries, and, you know, and everything else that uh, added to it. But all I wanted was the fries. Definitely a happy meal. So yeah. I understand you started an organization. What is it called and what does it do? Yes, my nonprofit organization is E&E Second Wind. I developed that because when I came home, I was fortunate to have parents to help me to get on my feet. And like many other guys wasn't as fortunate, nor females that come on from prison. So I came up with this nonprofit organization to be that parent, even though they have parents, but still to be a part of the parent to help them where their parents couldn't help them at. You see, with transportation, education, um, even um, mental health services, which I'm still working on that now as because uh, we're raising money. We're not financially set yet to do such things. So I had, that's why I mentioned earlier is that I launched the uh, lawn service and help people, you know, right now, as of right now. So how is the organization going? It's going fine. Um, we video a couple of our little services, uh, cutting people grass and got an interview from one of them, was really excited about it. So that, that encouraged us to continue doing what we're doing and we're seeing this benefit in helping people. And uh, that was a great thing to me to see that. It's very beautiful. And I want to continue that and I want to help more people. So, John, what are your plans for the future? Well, I want to be in a position where I can help these guys that's incarcerated still. You know, uh, I talk to a lot of them on a constant basis um, through emails, and they're all hurting, like, for help through legal help. I'd like to be in a position where I can have a team of lawyers on my, from a nonprofit organization where I go out and assist these people the best way they can. So, John, how can people contact you? My website is endsecondwind.com. It has my email address on there and my phone number. Okay, John, in the USA, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Please join me. Interesting conversations with interesting people. Featuring interviews with award-winning authors, relationship and life coaches, therapists, and a wide variety of people with intriguing stories to share. Interesting conversations with interesting people. The podcast series hosted by author Nigel Beckles. Available on all major podcast platforms now, 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 now.